0: Keenan Allen placed on the COVID reserve list yesterday one of more than 10 players. And this is a a, a weekly ritual now because the players who are vaccinated get tested once a week for the best players. It's on Monday. So the teams find out right away so they can commence the process of running the clock toward getting them back. Like T.J. Watt last week, who was positive on Monday and was able to play the following Sunday. See, when you're tested once a week, you never know when you got it. People were saying T.J. Watt looked sluggish against the Bengals. Well, he had COVID. We didn't know right until the next day. Right. Keenan Allen looked pretty damn good against the Bengals. He had COVID. We found out the next day. We're good. So <laughs> yeah, right. every every week you just get, you sit back and wait for the reports to come of all the players with recognizable names that may or may not be available for the next week because they tested positive in their weekly test. For the ones who are vaccinated, the ones who aren't vaccinated, obviously it's every single day. Vaccinated once a week. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, hey, big deal. I mean, their, their offense, I mean, they did some good things last week. It's an important time of the year. They need Keenan Allen. I mean, he's phenomenal. I mean, we know he's he's a hell of a football player. He works the middle of the field for Justin Herbert, you know, but. Uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see where this goes this week and if he can get back in time and, and be able to play. I mean, it'd be, They don't need him this week. No, it's the G-men. I understand. I got you. I, I got what you're saying. They're at home against the Giants. They should be able to weather the storm there. Jake Fromm, and Jake Jake Fromm, Fromm playing and quarterback. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, This is the week to miss him if if, if there is a week for sure.
0: Sorry, Jake. Sorry, Jake. Uh, But, uh, yeah, Mike Glennon has a concussion. Daniel Jones likely out. Jake Fromm unless Glennon is cleared. Either way, Glennon or Fromm, Chargers should be able to do it without Keenan Allen. They should be. Uh, The the Bengals will not be required to play the 49ers without Joe Burrow. He has that pinky injury. He said he won't miss time. Here's Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals from yesterday, talking about the dislocated pinky that Burrow suffered on Sunday. We're all on pinky watch. How's, uh, How's Joe doing today? he feels good you know I, I you have to ask him specifically but um you know there's there's a chance that we limit him early in the week so that we can make sure he just doesn't put any pressure on it and and can be the most effective he can be and, and we'll be smart with with what we're asking him to do sometimes maybe rest is going to be the best thing for it um to let him manage it so um I think tomorrow we'll have more information on how he feels Wednesday we'll have more information on how he feels and and see where we have to go with it this week as a former quarterback could you kind of empathize a little bit with having to you know having to you know, what he was dealing with um no because i haven't experienced it but but you just try to picture in your head all right what would be the worst finger to injure you know middle finger pointer finger uh whatever it is but you don't want to injure any of your fingers as a passer um but again he he uh his feedback to me during the game was just keep going plays and i'll make them work and he did all right so look uh Joe Burrow is not the kind of guy who is ever going to admit that any injury will hold him down he has played well he's been tough he keeps going and you know he, 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 he you can't say that that the finger affected him in a negative way they, they were down 24 nothing. it wasn't because of the finger and he fought back and they almost tied up the game and they had a chance to win the game but Chris what's your take on this pinky injury based on the way that Joe Burrow grips the ball because as you've demonstrated over yeah, the years. Right. So many different grips right. for the various quarterbacks out. There's some who are fully aware of how they grip the ball, some like Ben Rothsberger <laughs> have no idea. <laughs> right. I don't know how I grip it. You know how? Yes, I do know how
1: you grip it. Let me show you. Uh, but yeah, I you know, again, everybody has like I think different ways they grip the football, like you discussed. Joe Burrow, first off, you know, to your point, Mike, you know, let, let's just start up. He hurt the hurt the finger early on in the football game. He threw the ball great the rest of the game so I don't look at it to be like a huge issue now you can see how he grips the ball there that would be what I would call two and under five two and under five because we're just talking about the ring finger and the pinky finger so the the ring finger right here would be on here's my ring you know right would be on two now and then we're talking about the gaps in between the laces there and then that pinky finger underneath five now to me again I'm a gripper of two and five, and I am very dependent on my, my ring and pinky finger. Those are important for me. You know, what does change it is the fact that he puts more pressure on the ring finger by moving the ball, you know, on this angle to where that pinky finger goes under the lace where I, I, I'm not, you know, again, I don't have a lot of experience throwing the football this way, but it does put less pressure on your pinky. To where, yeah, you're a little more based on the ring finger and middle finger to grip the football this way as compared to the way I have it or some other quarterbacks through time, where, you know, let's just say a Brady would be one of those two quarterbacks that puts those two fingers on the laces, to where, yeah, I depend on that pinky for my grip and my control a little bit. I don't get the sense from throwing this ball this way and messing around that it's going to affect him greatly. I don't think it's going to affect him greatly. I don't. I don't think it's going to affect his power. The way he has that ball positioned in his hand, like I said, a lot of the pressure is on the other fingers. And I think the, really the pain, Mike, and having gone through this because I had a dislocated ring finger that I dealt with a lot through the playing career, wasn't always about, hey, yeah, it hurts when I grip, but I can handle that. It was what we saw on the sideline from Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Burrow during the game. It's when you release the ball and let the fingers go limp, that's when you hurt your fingers where you go, oh, my gosh, my dislocated finger, broken finger, whatever, really bothers me on the release of the football. But he should be able to manage that and still control it and and still be damn good.
0: And just so I understand this, the fact that the pinky rests below – the laces—that's yeah. what's telling you that he's—he's he's putting more on the ring and the middle finger by way of the force and the control of the ball, and the pinky's just kind of along for the ride. A little for bit him.
1: along for the ride and guiding it, no doubt about it. You know, to here where again, like you know, I get you get into Brady or uh, Dan Marino or John Elway, who would have had both fingers on there. To me, that becomes more—you're a little more dependent on that pinky finger to grip the ball and control it. You know, some of these new age guys, even Aaron Rodgers, they do this where they put that, that pinky finger underneath the lace. And, yeah, I don't look at it as having the importance maybe as my own grip or some of the other guys that I mentioned. And I think that's probably a positive thing for this injury right here. You know, again, it's going to be a pain in the butt. Uh, I haven't thrown a ton of footballs that way. But, you know, having messed around and doing it and doing it here and just toying around with it and thinking about it over the last 24 hours – Yeah, I I don't envision it being a huge problem for him, and because of the way he grips it, I think it's not huge on the pinky finger.
0: By the way, hold that up one more time. Hold the ball up and just show the folks. That is a full size, fully inflated, not deflated – by the deflator football that it it, it, that is not a junior ball you're just dealing with a man who has freakishly and i mean that in a respectful (laughs) way large et fingers which (laughs) which helps a guy not just phone home but also throw the football very well the (laughs) bigger the hand the easier it is to control the football, unless you're Shaq with a basketball and you're trying to shoot free throws because <laughs> that for whatever becomes reason, too big, It's too small, gigantic. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a the, toy. The, the ball's too small. Right. The ball's too small that you're trying to put in the hoop. All right, let's take a break. Uh, a, a little update on where things stand with Antonio Brown. Just we're all on the same page as the clock ticks toward his return from his suspension for submitting a fake vaccination card to the Bucks. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this.
1: I will not address those guys uh, for the next three weeks.
0: They'll just be working out and then we'll, we'll address their future at that time. Um, other than that, there's really nothing to say. Out for this game will be Jalen, Jalen Darden and Jordan Whitehead. Um, everybody else will be a game time decision. and. Uh, And it's a big, big game for us. It's a vision game on the road, and uh, I know everybody wants the other story, but we're playing the Falcons. I don't give a about that. Hello. There he is, Bruce Arians. You can always count on an S-bomb or an F-bomb, or he later said it pisses me off. Sorry, Liverpool, that uh, Antonio Brown was suspended for misrepresenting his vaccination status. That's been the buzzword, Chris, because – The union doesn't want to say fake vaccine card. They don't even have a negotiated punishment for a fake vaccine card because they don't want to make it easier for anyone to prosecute guys who get busted for misrepresenting their vaccination status, i.e. having a fake vaccination card. Because if you've got the CDC logo on that document that's falsified, you're looking at up to five years if somebody is sufficiently motivated to come after you. But the bottom line is Antonio Brown's out, two more games. Mike Edwards out. Two more games. This all fell into the NFL's lap. They they took the Rick Stroud story from the Tampa Bay Times. They used it as the template. Antonio Brown didn't pay his live-in chef, allegedly $10,000. So the live-in chef, the former live-in chef, Stephen Ruiz, goes public with it, and it all explodes. And here's where we are. But uh, when this ends, the day after the Sunday night game between the Saints and the Buccaneers coming up here week 15, the next day, A.B. and Mike Edwards come back, There really is a question as to whether or not they're going to tell Antonio Brown, just keep going. They're considering it. Now, I don't think Tom Brady's going to let him do it, but they are considering it because this is a pretty serious deal. I mean, lost in all this is a guy committed fraud in an effort to get more favorable treatment under the COVID protocols. Hey, it's great if you're vaccinated. Get treated well if you're vaccinated. Not so well if you're not vaccinated. So I don't want to get vaccinated. I'll just go get a fake card. I get to be treated like I am vaccinated. And that, that's pretty serious because you had a guy who wasn't vaccinated in the face of and around the guys who were vaccinated without masks, without any of the protections, any of the protocols. So it, it, it is a big deal and it should be treated as one by the Bucs.
1: I mean, no doubt. Uh, you know, first off, like to your point, I know you wrote this, but not only not vaccinated, but around a guy like Bruce Arians who just conquered cancer a few years ago. And, you know, Tom Moore, who's up there in age. So from that point, it's, you know, deceiving, you know, careless about your feelings for other people. Uh, you know, uh, they're not going to let go of Antonio Brown. They're not. He proved that he's too valuable. He's too good. They're not going to do it. I, I'm, I'm going to say it now. I, I'll be shocked if they let him go. Now, I mean, when you heard that somebody, you know, skirted the vaccination card rules, I mean, w- w- whoa, is Antonio Brown, shocker. I'm shocked. Well, you know, Hall of Fame receiver, Hall of Fame knucklehead. I don't know what other way to say it. I mean, if you made a list, you know, before the year and said, let's list our top five guys that might fake a vaccination card. Antonio Brown certainly would have been on our list as the top five guy to do that. All right. That on top of this also falls under the umbrella of, man, the NFL is just not as big time and as buttoned up as they try to make everybody think they are. Again, what are the what? How many guys out there don't have their vaccination cards? How many have faked it? I mean, how many? It we don't even just, know. It
0: ain't just Antonio no Brown da- and Mike da- Edwards. No, That's no for crap. i sure. No
1: crap. Exactly. But there's the NFL. They they obviously, like everything else, are going to save seven cents on their seventeen hundred and seventy billion dollars they make a year to not have people do the due diligence to check the vaccination cards. So I'm sure it is an issue. I mean, I'm sure it is. You're right. He's not the only guy in the league. There's no way. Uh, but it's disappointing on the NFL, again, just not as buttoned up. You know, a lot of like, hey, the shield, we look buttoned up, but we don't really do our due diligence or do the right things
0: all the time to actually be classified as buttoned up. In fairness to the NFL, I need to take 30 seconds and explain what they did as sparked by the fact that they discovered. And again, it fell into their laps, the Antonio Brown, Mike Edwards thing, because if Brown just pays his live-in chef. He's still masquerading as a vaccinated player with a fake card, and Mike Edwards is doing the same. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't test positive a month ago, he's still showing up at press conferences without a mask on. So the NFL isn't – this is a prime example of how the NFL is not proactive. They are reactive, and even when they have cause to believe, they're on notice – that there's an issue with fake vaccination cards it's common sense you've created a dramatic difference between the rules that apply to the vaccinated and the rules that apply to the unvaccinated thus you have created a tremendous temptation for the unvaccinated to go get a little square of paper that says i got vaccinated it isn't all that hard it didn't we've talked about that it's not even laminated it's a piece of paper you could print off with the right information on it so what they've done and they told me this Thursday, because my first question was, now that you've confirmed that this has happened in Tampa, what are you doing about exploring what the other 31 teams are doing? They got with the other 31 teams, and they said, tell us about your positive rate, your guys who have gotten COVID, who have tested positive among the vaccinated. Because 80%, and the league told me this, we hadn't known this before, 80% of the players who were vaccinated got their shots at the team facilities. 20% got their shots off-site, like Antonio Brown. And if it's off-site, it's more likely to be a fake card. Right. So they were told that there's no difference in the positive rates among the unvaccinated – or not the unvaccinated – those who were vaccinated at the site and those who were vaccinated elsewhere. So we see no difference in the positive rates. So we see no pro- – well, who cares? You either got guys using fake vaccination cards or you don't. It doesn't matter whether or not they're testing positive – what matters is, do they have fake cards? And you've got and you admitted that 20% of your guys who were vaccinated were vaccinated off-site. That's your universe. The guys vaccinated on-site, you don't have to investigate them. We're not talking about 1,700. We're talking about 20% of the vaccinated players. And they just don't want to do it, Chris. They don't want to roll up their sleeves and spend the money and put in the work. They want to create the impression they're doing something. I know, right. And they did a good they did a good job of selling it to Shefty and he swallowed the hook on Sunday and he did he did what he was supposed to do. He was a good soldier and he said oh there's Bruce Arians wants him to do more. Well they're doing more. No they're not. They want us to think they are, but they're not. No, it it, it seems that way.
1: And yeah it's it's kind of surprising. For as serious as they made the whole issue and the hoops that they make everybody go through that's not vaccinated to just take it at people's word who were vaccinated off-site, yeah, to me, is, it's surprising. Again, it, it really is. And I think a lot of it, like, you know, to, to your point, I, I don't know what it is. It's it's not the due diligence, not wanting to spend the money, and, yeah, maybe it's the legal liability of this whole situation that all plays into it that you brought up, but certainly I, oh, the,
0: the li- uh, Well Well, hey, here's the bottom line. The fact that they let Aaron Rodgers continue to show up for his press conferences without a mask on when they knew he was unvaccinated. That's the difference between Rodgers and Brown because people are like, well, why wasn't Rodgers suspended? He didn't lie to the league. He told them the truth. He just lied to everybody else. Yeah, yeah. But they, they let him keep showing up without a mask on. They're not investigating a problem that they are aware of, and there is no way in hell that the only team that has players with fake vaccination cards is the Buccaneers. They're just the only one that has a guy dumb enough to allow the evidence of it to come to light because he pissed off somebody who knew they had a fake vaccination card by not paying his bill they just they just it it tells me and this is a fair conclusion based upon the evidence available to us it's all window dressing this year they really don't care they they have gotten as numb to it as everyone else they just don't care dr sills ceremonial at this point they just don't care and if they do care dr alan sills if you do care get on the phone right now with roger goodell And say, why aren't we investigating the presence of fake vaccination cards? uh, Do you not realize what this means? Do you not realize that this means that there are guys who truly aren't vaccinated, who are in the faces of and around people who are vaccinated, including maybe cancer survivors, maybe some guys on the wrong side of 65. Hell, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, there's two head coaches right there who shouldn't have a guy with a fake vaccination card within six feet of them because they, they may be shedding more viruses, than an unvaccinated person who has it. So anyway, rant over. But proved, prove us wrong. Prove us wrong. Prove us that you care about it by going out and finding the other fake vaccination cards. Because I guarantee you, there are more. If there were three of them in all in Tampa when they had a 90-man roster, it tells me there's about 100 of them league-wide, if that, if that statistical sample would hold let's take a break a couple of legal plays that resulted in some serious injuries that maybe should result in the plays being illegal in the future we'll discuss that next here on pft live
1: you know i thought the play was avoidable it it was unfortunate that that the hit occurred and it was low Um, you know as a defender you'd like to see him use his hands upon impact. it's an unfortunate play but for the most part as far as i was concerned i i just felt that it was something that was avoidable
0: Ron Rivera from yesterday talking about a low hit by Yannick Ngakwe on tight end Logan Thomas. He does not have a torn ACL as initially feared, but it's still a serious knee injury. Let's. Here we are at the bottom of the screen. Uh, there it is, the the low hit by Ngakwe on Thomas. Let's take another look at it. It happens so fast, it just kind of flashes by, but you see him down there on the ground. Again, legal play, legal play, and the NFL has moved away slowly from the instances where you're allowed to hit a guy low. That's a spot where you're still allowed to hit him low, but that that looked unnecessary. It did indeed look avoidable and we 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 always kind of get a little uncomfortable now when we see someone going at someone's knees like that. And you know, I, I Rich McKay explained to me years ago that the low hit, the low block, the low everything was put into football because it's the only way a little guy has any chance of taking a big guy down. Well, the little guy's losing now because that is is slowly being eradicated from the game. But in that spot, still permissible. That's the kind of moment where it's going to cause people to take a look at the rules and say maybe it shouldn't be. I, I mean, yeah,
1: I, I think it's one that they got to look at seriously. And I do think they probably need to take it out of the game to a degree. Yeah, it, that, that that's like it's it's impossible to defend as a blocker. You know, again, I, I don't know what the language they're going to use there. And that was the first time I saw that play. I saw the other play we're going to talk about in a minute here. But, yeah, I mean, to me, it's just it's not necessary. Why? Just take him on up top and do your job. Why get low and then launch at the guy's knee? You know, that that's the worst part about it. It's one thing to get low. He gets low and then dives at the knee. And that's where, like, if you're Logan Thomas, see, he might have been expecting, wait, he's going to get low, okay, but he gets low and then launches at it. And that's where he probably got caught by surprise, too, and couldn't get his knee out of the ground in time, right? And he knows right away. He's going, oh, damn, something popped. Uh, but, yes, I mean, for all the rules we have for quarterbacks and other things there, that to me is something that's got to get out of the game. And, yeah, it's not against the rules. Uh, but, but, yeah, it, it was unnecessary. It, w- it was not necessary, especially in the, in the way and the fashion he did it, like I said, where he really
0: catapulted himself into the knee. To the NFL's credit, when the increased sensitivity emerged as it relates to concussions, there was blowback that, well, they don't care about knees. They're not protecting guys below the neck. They just care about the head. The NFL has, in recent years, taken steps to protect below the waist as well. Uh, And, look, the cynical side of me says this is all part of the push toward 18 games. But regardless, they are trying to make the game safer and trying to eliminate unnecessary opportunities for injury that, now Kenyon drake yeah. Kenyon drake would say that there are other things that should be removed he had a season-ending ankle injury on a type of a tackle that he disagrees with let's go ahead and roll that and see how he was injured he says the nfl needs to look at this specific style of tackling where you can't really see what well, happened You'll there. see. Yeah. It's the hog time, like Mike. The You've gator, heard me talk about this before. The tackle or the... Right.
1: It's this. It's the same. It's 92 there, where this isn't egregious. I know what Kenyon Drake's talking about. But yeah, it's the hog tie, the gator tackle, whatever you want to say. To well, me, the it's, gator's you,
0: more the legs. The gator's the legs and roll, and we see that happen. It looks dirty when it happens. I I didn't see it at first. That's this is almost like the modified horse collar. Yeah, exactly. You're pulling a guy right. down and throwing your lower body into his legs as you pull him down.
1: No doubt, it's something we see continue to see more and more. And you know, again, this is where you've heard me say that, and it doesn't hold true on this play. But, like, it goes back to the Dak Prescott dislocation ankle. I can show a bunch of other plays, too, this year, you know, where this has become more of an in-style type of way to tackle in the NFL right now. And this is where I get into always – you've heard me talk about this before – you know, defensive players wearing gloves – they get in that position, and they use, like the quarterback, we talk about the dead weight rule. It's the same type of thing. It's a dead weight rule, except, yeah, you might not be falling on the guy. You're going to fall on the guy's ankles and knees and ruin his career. And guys don't fall off anymore. And I, I think that's another one, you know, again, if we're going to we're gonna make the game safer. I, I, b- taking on blocks like Yannick and Gakwe and tackling that way We're not in the game in the 80s and 90s when I grew up. There was no such I never saw people do that. It's become a thing here within the last like eight to 10 years. And uh, I think it is dangerous. And I think there's there needs to be something done about it.
0: Well, and hopefully and I trust the NFL always will be looking at ways that it can make the game safer, regardless of the motivation. If it's trying to justify a push to 18, so be it. If it's just make the game safer for the sake of making it safer, so be it. Let's take a break. Chris's favorite segment of the week is coming up. The GOATs in a bad way. PFT Live continues right after this. All right, GOATs in a bad way. Week 13 already. I haven't said that in a while. Already week 13 in the books here's a trivia question because we have many people who actually like the trivia question they probably would prefer just two hours of trivia question to Chris and me babbling about whatever we babble about here it is Jonathan Taylor Chris has 18 offensive touchdowns so far this season which is the same number as two NFL teams have entirely name one of the teams that has only 18 offensive touchdowns
1: I, I got to think the New York Jets are one of those teams. Damn. Womp womp womp.
0: Nope. Who, who, who is are they? it? The Giants and the Texans. Ah, uh, your I, New York Giants. Uh, How did you not know? I you know your I, New York Giants.
1: Man, I just the pressure got to me because I heard somebody talking to the other day about this stat too. I I, I forgot about that. That yeah. Oh, uh, that that stinks. I knew the Giants one. I should have got that. Horrible job by me. Horrible.
0: All right, I get the first pick, yeah. and I I am selecting Mike Zimmer. No, comma, no, wait, 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 it gets better or worse. My first pick is Mike Zimmer, comma, defensive coordinator, which implies something I'll be getting to later. So Mike Zimmer, defensive coordinator, who is clearly in charge of the team's defense. I know he's got two defensive coordinators, one of whom is his son. He's trying to groom him and develop him, and it's nepotism, and it's okay. It's not a criticism of him. They all do it most of them do it. M- many of them do it. But to defend the corners and the back of the end zone when it's a touchdown, if you just get to the front of the end zone, and there is no Herman Moore, there is no Calvin Johnson, there is no Jimmy Graham, there is no big, tall target you have to worry about outleaping one of your defensive backs. What you had to worry about was the front of the end zone. But as we saw, and as we've heard from Amon Ross St. Brown, he was shocked yeah. by the fact that he was able to run to the goal line, four or five yards away from the goal line, were the defensive backs. And he said, I thought to myself, this is a perfect situation. And it was. I it's inexcusable. And my guess is there was one hell of a discussion yesterday between Mike Zimmer and ownership of about what the hell happened in that moment where the season went down the commode in yeah. that moment. And, yeah, they may beat the Steelers and they may beat the Bears and get to 7-7, seven and seven, but they got the Rams and the Packers after that. They're not going to the playoffs this year. Yeah. They're not going to – mark me down for Vikings not going to the playoffs this year. No. And if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll wear it. The, and the moment that it went away for good was that moment. No, I'm with you. Can we show
1: that play again? I mean, I think the fact that, the fact that it just uh, – there was – You know, okay, if the corner's going to be off in the end zone, that's fine, but like have some underneath presence. It was just free access to throw the football. I think that's what's just crazy to your point. I mean, it's like Jared Goff got to throw a ball with a clean lane and not to have to throw over around or anything it just was like hey this is seven on seven and let me throw the ball over there that's the shocking part of it i think uh to your point no doubt about it all right i'm gonna go to vic fangio in the denver broncos uh kansas city chiefs sunday night football game you know you got a game there it's 10 to 3. you're in the midst of a 96 yard drive okay and you go for it on fourth down, right that, that was that right at the end of the half, right? I got that right? I'm pretty sure it was the end of the first half. Yes. How do you not kick the field goal there? Go with something positive. Like, go in at 10-6. But the six.
0: analytics say to go for it. Oh, I
1: know. And then the analytics say to go for it. And here's the other one. This is just shows you, like, America can't get off narratives. You know, you need touchdowns to beat the Chiefs. You need touchdowns. Why? Why do you need touchdowns to beat the Chiefs? The Chiefs are a dumpster fire on offense right now. I mean, why? They won a game 19 to 9 a few weeks ago. They won a game 13 to 7. They won a game 20 to 17. That, that like that's such a like here it's the new time. It's 2021. The Chiefs offense is struggling. Kick a freaking field goal. It would have helped you out. That was a bad decision. Affected the game big time. All
0: right. We got to move next Fine. week. Look, Andy Dalton, four picks. You got a chance to come in and 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 do something good, and you know uh, build on what they yeah. were able to do against the not that not that anybody believes in the Bears this week. And I know the Cardinals are good, but my God, four picks. Uh, you, you're gonna you're gonna be wearing goat horns anytime any time you throw four interceptions. No so doubt, go ahead,
1: no doubt. And like the the first third down, the third play of the game, you miss a wide open shallow cross right to give the interception and get. Yeah. Kyler Murray hot and all that um, Okay I think I'll go with Jamar Chase Next Jamar Chase you know 9 nothing down gone See ya gonna get a 70 yard catch 60 yard catch at least get field goal P- Kicks the ball in the air Interception we gotta go to break we'll be back in a minute Alright see ya round three Round Thanks. three of the GOAT draft The greatest draft ever
0: i think this is the first time ever mike zimmer's making it again this time it's mike zimmer comma head coach because it caught my attention when he was throwing a little shade a little criticism at his offensive coordinator for not having you know enough acceptable two-point plays they're running the ball into the middle of the line they're not converting the two-pointers hey mike you're the head coach pal You're the one who throws the keys to the offense to somebody else and just says, go ahead and do whatever. You're the one who's deciding to call for two. You're the one who presumably knows what the menu of potential two-point plays for the week will be and realizes going into the game that you're going to call an inside run. I don't get it. To be that disconnected – to an offense in today's NFL is unacceptable, Chris. Well,
1: I, I agree with you. You can't be disconnected. You know, you can't be. Bill Belichick's a defensive mind guy, but, I mean, to think that he wouldn't know, like, hey, this is our two points conversions. We need to add a few other plays. Oh, we got to have something better. I mean, hey, that's the standard I'd hold every coach, to. You got to be like that, and that's what he does. He has a pulse of everything that's going on on his football team. Um, all right, so my last one here, uh, I'm going to go with the ref in the Saints. Uh, Cowboys game from Thursday night with the block back rule. You remember the block back rule when he was pass Longside protecting. He was Bad p- rule properly applied. Yes. Bad rule right. properly applied. I mean, you could make that call every play when they tackle yep. blocks a pass rusher that goes well, we'll by him. Talking about that Get a clue. Full-time refs review. are needed now, 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 now. See so, ya. Yeah.